Are you ready to become a VIP? Do you have a cell phone that you can text on? Then consider this an exclusive invitation. As a VIP, you will receive special secret offers via text. These items are usually free and they are always must-have craft supplies from beloved brands. Send us a text and become a VIP at scrapbook.com. Welcome to the Life Handmade Podcast from Scrapbook.com. This is the show for paper crafters, and I'm your host, Stephanie Foster. On today's episode, we welcome the talented Lael Konkar. Lael opens up about friendship, motherhood, and her 20-plus years in the crafting industry. Learn how Lael got started in the industry, the story behind how Vicki Booten and Lael first met, and what super simple way you can document your memories on a daily basis, no matter what stage of life you're in. We are so excited to have Lael Konkar in the studio today. Welcome, Lael. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're so glad you are. Many of you know Lael as she has been in the scrapbooking industry for over 20 years as a designer. She has worked with brands such as Simple Stories, Basic Gray, and Scenic Route. And most recently, she's decided to focus full-time on her own business called Lael by Mail, where she sends out project kits by mail and inspires her followers online with all of her projects and creativity. So welcome. Thank you. So how did you take, you You started scrapbooking 20 years ago. How did you take it from just a hobby to then moving into kind of a full-time job where you were doing what you loved? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I have kind of a different background. Um, I have over the years kind of bounced in and out of scrapbooking as a career. Mm-hmm. I worked for AT&T for quite a long time and then started a software company with two other individuals. And so for a long time, that was my hobby. Scrapbooking was definitely my hobby and it was my stress reliever. And way back then, there was a website called twopeasinabucket.com. Mm-hmm. And as I talked to people, a lot of people, you know, remember that. Yes. Um, and it offered a lot of things, but it was back then a great way to meet like-minded people, people mm-hmm. that had the same hobbies. And so um, I was doing a lot of things on two peas in a bucket. And, you know, you'd post layouts to the gallery and people would comment and you'd start to meet people. Yes. And through that, um, I had my des- first design team job ever. And eventually Scenic Route saw my work on there and contacted me and said, hey, um, we need someone to head up our design team. Would you be interested in that? And that is how over time, that hobby eventually evolved into my career. That's great. So, so a couple of questions. So you, you were, you were posting a lot of layouts and that's how you got recognized, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure a lot of people listening probably think, Oh, I want to get into this. How do I, how do I get seen? But that worked for you, right. right? Yes, it did. Yep. It absolutely did. And then, you know, later as I, my scrapbooking style started to grow, if there were companies and manufacturers of products that I really liked, mm-hmm. I might start using those products more and then reach out to that manufacturer and say, Hey, you know, I, I admire your company. I admire your style and your products. And here are some examples of projects that I've done using your work. So I always tell people that you don't have to wait for um, a design team call or something like that. You know, you can yeah. definitely take the first step and take the initiative. Exactly. So going back to two piece in a bucket, what do you think? Because I remember being um, a part of that community and it was it was so neat to 
to meet these people online. It was before social media. So it was kind of the, a way to, to post your layouts and you loved the feedback and you loved you know, commenting on other people's layouts and getting inspired. Why do you think there is such a bond among scrapbookers in general with an online community? And what kind of friendships developed for you personally out of that? You know, um, anytime over the years, someone asked me what I do, it's really hard to explain. And I think when you tell people that you're a scrapbooker or one of your hobbies is scrapbooking, sometimes people look at you like you have two heads. Scrapbooking, what's that? people still do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So having that community, that like-minded community of people that really felt like that these are your people, Mm -hmm. right? These are your people. And so when you posted maybe a layout and talked about how it took you eight hours to figure this out, or you had scrapper's block, or you lost your mojo or whatever it was, everyone there could definitely relate. So I think having people be able to relate to your hobby was really important. And now with social media, I mean, like you said, social media didn't exist back then. And so social media has kind of taken that place with Instagram and Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and um, even different online communities like scrapbook.com. It's just a great place for people to go and seek advice or share or yeah, I don't, you you might be aware of this, but some of our listeners may not, but Jill, our founder of scrapbook.com, it's kind of the reason why she started the website. So she was a teacher in Arizona and she would go around to scrapbook stores and, and show her layouts and all of the store owners would say, oh, let's keep your layouts here so we can show our customers. And she realized there's got to be a better way to share layouts and um, to put them online so more people can be inspired by them and we can see other people's layouts. And so that was the initial reason. I had no idea. Scrapbook.com started, you know, 20 years ago. And so she was able to get the domain name and start uploading things. And, and then it became where people said, well, I want to make that layout, but I don't have that product because I might live in a town that doesn't have a store. And that's when she's like, well, maybe we could start selling the product along with it. And that's kind of how we got our start at scrapbook.com. So same type of thing. And, and even today, um, we still have a forum where people can right. can chat and do challenges. And the gallery, I think, is almost to 3 million project it's uploads. Unbelievable. So it's so fun that we can still share and that we can still, um, you know, see what everybody else is making and, and, and enjoy that for each other, you know, when you see what they've made. And right. And to, inspiration. I mean, yes. it's such an amazing source for inspiration. Yes. So have you met some friends online? I have. Oh, my gosh. I've met so many. I've met so many and really um, it all started back then with that, with that online community. Um, But one of my dearest friends to this day, and this is one of my dearest, whether or not she's a a scrapbooking friend, she's both, um, but is Vicki Booten. And it goes back to two P's. That's where our friendship was formed. Um, One day I got a a message from her. However, used to get messages back then. And she said, I like your hair. And it was funny because I had kind of short, flippy hair then. And she definitely has has amazing hair all through the years. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I like your hair, too. And then, I don't know, a couple months later, I think I had started with Scenic Route and we were building design team. And I'm like, oh, Vicky would be great. So then I reached out to Vicky and said, you know, do you want to be on the design team? And we still had never talked on the phone, never met in person. It was all through... And a couple months later, we met at a trade show. How fun. um, Through CHA. And then our friendship just took off. What advice would you give to our listeners who either are are moms or full-time workers or, you know, they're just trying to balance everything and still 
you know, make time for crafting and their families. How do you balance your life? What do you do? And that is something that I have struggled with my entire life. Um, I am not a sit still type of person. In fact, my mom just the other day was saying, you have to schedule in time where you just sit there. And that is so hard for me to do. My mind just doesn't stop. So some of the things um, that that I have done, um, I will just, and because I work from home, mm-hmm. um, I'll just work and work and work. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have that, oh, it's five o'clock, the lights are turning off, it's time to leave. Um, so I will, I have a neighbor that we um, are each other's conscience when it comes to going to the gym. That's great. Accountability. (laughs) Accountability. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And whether it's something like that, or whether it's going on a walk, or whether it's um, a book club, something like that, where you have someone to be accountable for. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's sad that we have to, you know, have someone help us be accountable for things that are good for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's really helped. Um, The other thing that my husband and I have recently started doing over the last month is this helps me stop working at night is we'll make dinner and then we'll play cards and we'll play gin. Aww. And if I have work to do, it doesn't matter. We'll do that. And then I'll get up early in the morning. So mm-hmm. trying to make sure that I, you know, carve out time for my family. Um, we're empty nesters now. So that's even harder because, you know, it's one thing with your kids to say, oh, I have to work. But with your husband, it's a little bit easier to say, oh, I have to. So just really trying to, um, you know, have other people that are important in your life to help you stick to making sure that you have a good balance. Yes. And, And not neglecting yourself. Or your family relationship. Right. And so. the, the self one is a, that's a hard one. Um, at the, the beginning of the year, I came to a really tough realization. Um, in fact, it was a year ago this time of year. Um, my family basically sat me down for an intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, our two adult sons, my husband and my mom, and said, you know what? You can't, you can't keep this up. You're burning the candle at both, both ends. Mm-hmm. And it was not that I was neglecting them, it was that I was neglecting myself. So a lot of times it's um, listening to the people that are close to us, because sometimes they help us see things that we are too close to see. Very good point. Yeah, it's hard for us to step back and see, but they can notice when when we're too busy, too anxious. Right. And I think too, as moms, those of us that are moms, that's just kind of everyone else comes first. Mm -hmm. That's just everyone else comes first. So it's really important to step back and schedule in our own time too. So with that intervention, then what, what came of that? Oh, right. So um, that, oh gosh, that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, but I made the decision to leave Simple Stories at that time. So I had worked for them for six years and they're an amazing company Mm -hmm. with amazing people. And I really did have the best job and that's why it was so hard, but I just couldn't continue doing um, both. I was traveling and teaching um, under my kind of lay by mail company and um, doing a lot of kits and that really took off. And so I made the decision to step away. Um, but it's been amazing because I, 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 I'm a different person. Are you? I am a different person. How How do you feel different? Um, so because so much of what I do teaching and, and filming and videos and things like that, I have to always be on. Mm -hmm. And so most people don't know that I'm a different person, but I do and my family and close friends do because I am, um, I'm just happier. I'm not, I used to get very short Mm -hmm. um, with my family. And unfortunately, a lot of times you can, it's good that you can be yourself with the family, but a lot of times you take, we take it out, we take it out on your family. Yes. So um, just in more balanced, more Mm -hmm. balanced. And I think what's been interesting too, is that 
for me creatively, that has made a huge difference in um, my creativity because I, you know, I'm not so weighed down with all the stress and everything else that was eating away at me. That's that's wonderful. Hard decision to make. Oh my gosh, so hard. Great that you've yes. seen the benefits already. Yes. So let's go back just for a few minutes on um, your your sons. How has your scrapbooking evolved over the different seasons of your life? Because I know we start out and then we've got, we've got all the baby pictures and we're taking <laughs> thousands of pictures and, and we want to document every little lost tooth and everything. But how did scrapbooking change for you as they grew older and are now out of the house? Right, right. So we transitioned from, you know, little play dates and playing with toys and losing teeth to sports. And they both played sports. And I have millions of pictures that all look exactly the same mm-hmm. because you can only get so many different types of sports pictures. And I would scrapbook those. Um, but also because they're boys, I mean, I kind of learned early on, I had to scrapbook them, but I also had to scrapbook me mm-hmm. because, well, for a number of different reasons. Um, I like flowers and I like pinks and different things. And it's not to say that you can't use that on boy layouts, but um, it's a lot easier on female layouts. Yes. So I was doing that a lot for myself. But um, early on, I had lost my grandmother when the boys were little and she and I were very close and um, she was actually a scrapbooker, but Mm. way the Mm -hmm. different, you know, different kind of scrapbooking back then. But um, after she had passed away and I'm going through some of her albums, um, amazing photos, but there's no information about who the people are. And so and a lot of times we look back and go, my gosh, if I had only known, I would have asked her all these questions. And I would have, I think that's really important for us to do as scrapbookers is to scrapbook ourselves because one day, um, someone, I know, I know someone will want to know what I was like. I mean, how amazing would it be to, you know, have a day in the life of my grandmother that she had recorded, you know, when she was 40 or, or what have you. So I think it's really important for us to do that. And that's really kind of, by choice, but also by no choice, because when our boys are, you know, I can still scrapbook them, but certainly not as I don't have as many photos as I used to. So need to scrapbook me I and scrapbook that. my husband and scrapbook my friends yes. and our cat and your events our and house what you're doing. Yes. Um, we uh, we built a new house last year and that was a big part of um, what I documented oh I love that was that whole process yeah I think the the pictures are so great I love looking back at my grandparents albums as well but I want to know the story the behind story, the pictures seriously. and so I think that's such a key component of scrapbooking is to document that story it is I look back on some of the albums when the boys were little and we would take them to kids be candids or wherever mm-hmm. you take them to have their photos and I'll have an eight by 10 photo on a, on a layout. And it would say Samuel Peter Concar. And that was the title and then nothing else. Yeah, like, well, what were they doing I, that day? I know who he is, <laughs> but yeah, right. So I go, so, I mean, in some cases I would do more than that, but I think it's so important to, you know, just the, even the mundane, because one day the mundane will be very interesting. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what tips do you have for being able to squeeze in then a little bit of crafting in an already busy schedule? How do you still maintain time for that? And and how do you do that with scrapbooking? That's one of those things that I think it's like the gym. You have to make time for it because if you don't, it's just, I mean, it's play. And if you don't schedule time in for play, then it doesn't happen. So sometimes um, I have enough time to do that. And other times I don't. I am a big list maker. Mm -hmm. I love making lists. And if I don't write it down, 
I am not going to remember it. And I know I'm not the only one that does this. Sometimes I write it down, even though I already did it, just so I can cross it up. Now with my list, if I need to get creative time in and I don't have time, I do my list, even my to-do list in a traveler's notebook. And um, I'll add a little bit of washi and I'll add a sticker and that's my to-do list. But I have my creativity in there. I love it. Going back to what we were talking about, documenting the mundane. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I just like to think maybe 50 years from now, one of my family members will come across that traveler's notebook and see my to-do list from, you know, 2019. Like, wow, I can't believe she had to wash the car back then. (laughs) (laughs) Now they wash themselves, you know, whatever it is, but right. Oh, I love that. You've got so many great ideas for other things you've used your traveler's notebooks for. Give us just a few because you, your whole Instagram feed, I just love being inspired by all the things that you do with, with your traveler's notebooks. Oh, thank you. Um, traveler's notebooks for me, and I joke, I have taught a lot of classes about them because people are like, I don't really know what that is and what I would do with it. But I joke, if I got into an elevator with a 90-year-old man by the third floor, he would walk out and he would have a traveler's notebook because <laughs> really it's, it's for everybody. If you write things down, um, then it's for you. So I make, like I talked about, all kinds of lists. Um, Probably the biggest project that I have done, um, I mentioned that when we moved or when we we built our house, um, that is a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. Um, I think that's the kind of thing until you go through it, you don't really know. And there are so many details. It's kind of like planning a wedding. There's so much that I um, use a traveler's notebook to basically um, not necessarily document the whole process, but that's what came out of it. But um, lists of I'd wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh my gosh, I need to remember to ask the builder this. Mm-hmm. And I would literally write it down because it was next to my bed so that the next time we met with the builder, then I knew um, what I needed to ask. So it not only did it serve a purpose for me while we were building the house, but now it's a great um, kind of time capsule of the whole process. I shrunk down the plans and those were in there. Um, Things like things I wanted to buy after we had moved, dimensions of rooms. I mean, really anything that Mm -hmm. that pertained to the house, it was in there. And that was the best thing because I didn't have a hundred notebooks. You know, I didn't have sticky notes here. And right. My husband and I are at dinner and I needed to remember something about something and I'd scratch it on a napkin. Literally that went with me everywhere I went, was in my purse and Great it was idea. all in one place. So that was that was a, probably the most, I think, fun mm-hmm. that I've had with using a traveler's notebook. Yeah, I, lo- I love that each little notebook that you have in there can be for a different thing. Different you thing. know, the, the short term to do list, you can have one for your bucket list or your long term. When you scrapbook with them, how do you print your photos? What mm. do you use? Great question. So I have a couple of different um, little smaller print- printers. Um, I have an HP sprocket. And basically, those are just little portable printers that are great if you're traveling or um, a lot of times I've scrapbooked in my traveler's notebook on an airplane. Mm -hmm. And that's a great way. You just, it talks to your phone, you print it out. Um, One of the, I think, probably neatest little printers that I have um, is one that you take the photo, but you can also record video on your phone and you can hook it up through it, it. you can, it's kind of Harry Potter-ish, um, but through then an app on your phone, you put your phone over the photo and video plays. Oh my and it is, it's amazing. And I'm totally drawing a blank right now. Okay, we'll find out. And yes. we'll put that in the yes. show notes. Life print. I think it's called life print, but let's, yeah, we'll put, for print. sure put it in the okay. show notes. Okay, so we have um, 
put out some questions to our customers with scrapbook.com about what they would like to hear on, on our podcast. So I'm going to ask you a few different questions. And what do you, where do you find inspiration for scrapbooking? What do you go to when you're maybe filling in a rut? And that is, that's hard, right? And I, I, I think probably the most important thing for me to say is that just because someone like me works in the industry and has been a scrapbooker for years, we go through the exact same thing that everybody else does. You know, sometimes you're sitting with some product in front of you and you're just going, oh my gosh, I have zero creativity. I've lost my mojo. I don't know what to do. So a lot of times I'll actually go back and look at past projects that I've done. So I'll scrap lift myself. And nine times out of 10, what happens, I'll go pull a layout from 10 years ago, not the 20 years ago ones where I, you know, cut around their <laughs> not heads. That long, not yes. that far. Yeah, right. Although I could bring that back. Um, <laughs> you probably could. Yeah. Um, but looking at some of the layouts or projects that I've done and pulling out different product. And what's so interesting about that is by the time that you get through that process, what you end with is something totally different than what you were using as a source of inspiration. But I think it's just enough to get you over that hump. Now, if it doesn't end up being totally different, who cares? Yeah. If you liked it back then, then make it again. Then make later. it again. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's... Um, for someone that's been in the industry for a while, um, it's it's hard to draw inspiration from other places because you don't want to be too inspired mm -hmm. by what you see. Um, there can be a really fine line there. So I think sometimes feeling confident in your design skills, and this is whether you're just starting scrapbooking today or whether you've been doing it for 20 years, you're scrapbooking for you. You're not scrapbooking for somebody else. That's so you have to if you're happy yeah. with it and you like the way it looks, then it's beautiful. And we can't get so caught up in, oh my gosh, it's not, you know, Instagram worthy or, right. or whatever it is. We kind of go back to the basics of why we're doing it. Great advice. And yeah, good for us to remember. Thank you. Um, what about tips for making our current stash of scrapbooking products feel fresh again? That is a great question. Um, and I hear that a lot. A lot of us have been around for a long time and maybe have a two foot stack of paper <laughs> or a five foot stack of paper or some brads that we just can't bear it apart with, but we can't use them either. Um, for me, it's mixing old with new. If I can take um, maybe some new pattern paper and mix it with some enamel dots mm -hmm. or mix in some die cuts that coordinate, I think that helps us to feel like it's fresh and not stale. Um, I think we also have to remember that to us, it is um, maybe appears stale, but it's not because two years from now, it's not going to be stale um, or it's all going to be stale regardless of, you know, when it is or what you're using. So I think that for me is really kind of mixing that old and new. Also new, um, new formats. I found I've pulled out a lot of my older product and used in my traveler's notebooks because it takes on a totally oh, different look yes. in a smaller surface. So um, if you want to use it in a card or a tag or a traveler's notebook or a planner or something like that. Great idea. Um, what about some of your older tools? Have you been able to use any of those uh, in a new way? Yes. In fact, um, very recently, I, um, I'm here at scrapbook.com filming some videos. And I was trying to be very creative about different ways that I could use things. And I was working with the foam sheets. And I said to myself, Oh, my gosh, I wonder if you can emboss these. So I have a cuddle bug somewhere in the basement <laughs> that I have not used for years. And I pulled it out. And I'm like, Oh, embossing folders. And I went through everything and found some embossing folders. And 
ran the foam sheets through and what came out was amazing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this tool that was basically a really heavy paperweight (laughs) now made this amazing, you know, this amazing piece of art. And so um, I think there are two places that I would go to look for inspiration mm-hmm. tools. Um, scrapbook.com has a vast library of videos and um, people are really smart and people are really creative. You don't always have to be the creative one. You can take their idea and then do it yourself and then you're creative. So tons of videos there and even YouTube. I mean, Google how to make um, a scrapbook page with a tin can. And I mm-hmm. bet you someone There's has done it <laughs> using the, you know, using the hole punch that you have. Yes. Uh, so, right. Great ideas out there. We don't always have to feel like we have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, let's go to the people that have already invented the wheel and see what they did. Very good. Okay. Have to ask, what is your favorite go-to product right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to answer that two ways. Um, my favorite go-to generic product is washi tape because it is so versatile and it I can use on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a great way for me to get a little bit of pattern paper in a planner or in a traveler's notebook, yes. pattern paper, not pattern paper, pattern. Um, the brand that's my favorite go-to is Crate Paper. Oh, yes. And I just love it. And someone was asking me, what is it that you like about Crate Paper? And it's like a sophisticated whimsy, mm-hmm. which is kind of an oxymoron a little bit. Um, but it's just the the colors and the patterns and the florals and the designs. It just, every you. time they speak to me and, <laughs> and I can see it a mile away. If somebody, you know, dangled a piece of paper, I could tell you right away that's what it was. Oh, that's neat. Very good. So we're, we're nearing the end and we ask our, all of our guests the same two questions that we would like to end with. So what is the most meaningful handmade project that you have created? Oh, goodness. So, and this, this is handmade, but it's a little bit of a different spin. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very dear friend that turned 50 last year and We have known this couple since we were in college. And so our kids have grown up together. Our families have spent a lot of time together. They have a lake house that every summer for the last number of years we've gone to, the number of different families. And I was trying to think of something that would be very meaningful to give to my friend. And I went back through the years, a bunch of photos that I had taken because I have always taken photos and made a photo book for her. And it was super meaningful to me as I was putting it together because you reflect, I think this happens a lot when we're scrapbooking. We, you reflect on the relationships that you have with the people in the photos and you see how people, well, not adults have aged generally. We don't want to see that, (laughs) um, how our kids have aged over time. And it was, it was a very emotional project for me to put together. And then when I gave it to her, it was super, super meaningful. Oh, I'm sure she just will treasure that. It was fun. Neat to put all those memories together. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. And then what is the most meaningful handmade gift that you've received from someone else? So my grandmother was a knit knitter. Um, she volunteered for years making little knit hats for newborn babies at hospitals. And when I was pregnant with our first son, she had asked me if we knew we were having a boy or girl and it was too early and I didn't know. And she said, I need to know. And I said, well, grandma, I'm not sure what to tell you because I don't know yet. Um, and so she went about knitting a hat and a jacket and a pair of little short pants for, um, 
our first baby, which we didn't know at that time was a boy. So she was very smart. Grandmas are always smart. She knit it yellow. So it would work for boy or girl. Now, um, I have one photo that I put our son Jack in that little outfit. And it's the cutest thing. And of course, I sent it to her. Now Jack is 22. And he's 6'4". And (laughs) <laughs> weighs about 250 pounds. So he will never, ever appear in that little in that little um, outfit again. But that's just kind of a family that will definitely be a family heirloom that oh, just yes, gets passed, passed that just gets passed down. Mm-hmm. That is really mm-hmm. special. Handmade with love. I love that. Well, thank you for speaking with us today. It has been so fun. Where can our listeners find you online? So um, the easiest place to find me is on my website. And that is laylebymail.com. L-A-Y-L-E. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and all the things, um, but you can start at the website and then find me from there. Well, that sounds great. Thank you for coming in and speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. fun. Thank you. We want to thank all of you for listening today to become a part of an online community as Lael did. Be sure to check out the scrapbook.com forum and gallery where you can find inspiration from crafters from around the world. We look forward to seeing what you're creating. So be sure to share your projects with us as well. If you're looking for craft supplies, scrapbook.com is the number one online store for paper crafters. We have over 40,000 unique items with tens of thousands of product reviews by fellow crafters, and we have super fast shipping. Be sure to subscribe to the Life Handmade podcast and enjoy our other episodes. You can also find scrapbook.com on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Happiness is life handmade. I drive doodles of eccentric.